It's about inclusivity. It's about making sure that we're all heard and we're all embraced and we exist. You know, we're all different. Earlier this year, I turned 40 and I wanted to do something meaningful alongside all of the celebrating. I decided to ask my community to support me in helping an underprivileged community and give them a small yet transformative boost. This is how the Rainbow Boosters project was born. In sharing the idea with people, I realised that we all know of a teacher, a family member, a friend, an author or a singer that has made a profound impact on our life. I wanted to create a space where we can share those stories. So welcome to the Rays of Sunshine series. In this episode, I speak to Samir Bamra. He is an award-winning artistic director of Physical, a company that commissions and produces South Asian arts and cultural experiences. He is the artistic producer of the UK Asian Film Festival and a mentor to emerging artists. Sam is also a very close friend. I've been fortunate to work with him on many theatre and dance productions over the world for the best part of 20 years. I've seen how he's been a ray of sunshine for so many people pursuing their dreams in performing arts. He is one of my life's guardian angels and I'm really glad he managed to squeeze some time in for this series. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi Sam, thanks for, for joining the Razor Sunshine series. I know that you are flat out in the middle of the UK Asian Film Festival, which is celebrating its 25th year. So thank you for squeezing some time and I know you're about to check out in a hotel somewhere in London. So <laughs> um, I appreciate you just jumping on your iPad and, and talking to us. Um, how are you firstly? How's it all going? It's going really well. Uh, I touch wood. Um, you know, every year it's been a struggle to make the festival happen. And every year the festival just happens and it has a life of its own and people come and people celebrate with us. Um, and, and I think that is just the magic of what we do and why we do it and um, who we do it for. Um, because nothing else like this out, exists out there for them. Yeah. And you've been, you've been producing it or working on it for 25, uh, 20 years of those 25 now. Is that right? Yeah, I started as a dancer, so I, you know, I, I was performing at a different festival and I picked up their brochure and I was like, oh, they've got an event at BAFTA. We need to perform at BAFTA. And at that time we were doing the Dave Das dance set that we used to do that, um, you know, the film hadn't come out yet. The film was coming out two months later. Uh, and so we were doing our own self-choreography and I was like, we need to perform it at BAFTA. And I phoned them and said, could you just have to create a 15 minute slot for us? And they said, um, okay. And, and then the rest was history. The, the following year, I joined as a volunteer, and, and I've just been doing it every year. Can you tell us who is your ray of sunshine? Who was the person or the teacher that's had the biggest impact on your life, and how did they shape your future? When we're talking about teachers, one of the very early teachers is a lady called Betty Willoughby. Betty was my German school teacher. Uh, I when I moved to the UK uh, in 1989, um, I lived in a town called Nelson. Mrs. Willoughby uh, invited me to come and watch Phantom of the Opera at the Manchester Piccadilly. And that was the first time I saw a full-blown theatre production. And what a sound, what an experience, the theatrics of it yeah. had me completely bedazzled. And as a young man, I sort of knew at that point, this is what I wanted to do. Okay. I actually owe a lot of gratitude to um, Betty, who doesn't know this. <laughs> uh, she'll find out actually next uh, later this week because I'm going to be seeing her for a very long time. Amazing. 
So you have lots of influences being in the arts because you need to be inspired by stuff or see stuff or uninspired by things. Is there books or films? You know, I know you have a massive love for, for Hindi cinema, but is there a book or a film that you think has transformed or inspired you um, in your journey towards what you're doing now? It's it's really tricky because I, I live in this world which is both um, Eastern and Western. And when I think about the two, actually both those areas influence what I do. Um, and I always say, actually, um, Indian mythology, Hindi mythology, Hindu mythology, and Shakespeare's texts actually influence a significant amount of 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 um, what I think life is about, and what these texts actually teach us about um, uh, Shakespeare in his Western head um, goes deep into human psychology. The same when you look at the Ramayana or the 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 Mahabharata, they actually talk about people and their lives and and the impact of decisions um, that are taken. Um, and they talk about gods and and power and and um, vulnerability within that, you know. Uh, and and I think that that's the bit that I love the most. I think that's what inspires me. Um, it's it's human stories at the end of the day because that's the industry that I'm in. Yeah. Uh, is we we try and make you feel something. We try and make you connect to something, um, and. The, you know, I always say, I, I, I like to do two things. I like to make people happy with the shows that I, I make, uh, but I also want to tell tomorrow's stories today. And I can only do that if I look at our history and actually both the the, the mythological texts as well as Shakespeare's um, folio, both actually tell us um, about the past, but also the present. And they constantly remain so relevant. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I know that was an unfair question. I know you've probably watched thousands and thousands of films, and it's like asking a a painter to choose their favorite color when essentially you need all of them to to do what you do. So, yeah. Um, just on that though, you talked about the two different angles of the storytelling that you do. A lot of people just go out there to make films that make people happy, or um, you know, just please them in the entertainment side you spent a lifetime trying to push the boundaries or fight for the underdog or raise an issue that no one's talking about and put it out there for everyone to feel uncomfortable about on stage. Like, where is that, where is that um, just drive to tell those stories come from? I think it's actually, it, it, I go back to my previous answer. It, it's actually rooted in those very texts, um, characters and if i look at it from not from a religious perspective for example but the characters in the mahabharata for example um all have different motivations and those motivations drive people um to do things that are really uncomfortable when you think about them um but these texts also teach us to be charitable and um they teach us to be giving and and the fact that they're, they're written in that way you know you can't always just have happiness. Otherwise, the happiness scale is always going to go up. You're not going to appreciate it. Um, and it's it's nice to have those uncomfortable moments to then also discover something about yourself. Right. Um, you know, I, for example, cannot, I, I struggle watching horror films. They make me really uncomfortable. My blood pressure goes really high. <laughs> 
Um, but sometimes I watch those high hitting suspense musical moments in series and stuff just because I'm like, okay, I need to watch this bad bit mm. so that I can actually appreciate all the other good bits. Yeah. yeah. That, that, I think that's the reason why I do it is um, it's about inclusivity. It's about making sure that we're all heard and we're all embraced and we exist. You know, we're all different. And in today's world, the, the magnitude of the differences has really increased with how people want to identify uh, with each other the courage it takes to actually say i now identify as this mm. other people not willing to accept those I identity modes or, or, or pronouns for example um all of those things i think just make human mankind so much more interesting it's in those uncomfortable spaces where if you allow you stop for a second and put yourself out of it and you question yourself that's when you discover something amazing there's a ex perfect example in the krishna and arjun conversation on the chariot should he fight or should he not should he ki kill should he fight his family essentially and, and this whole thing about right and wrong and and, and you know that conscious conversation yeah. that's what these uncomfortable moments really do yeah. you know it's, it's actually rooted again back to those texts yeah yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you a um, more of a creative question talking about the speed of change and identity and the, the issues in the world as a writer how do you stay relevant and keep up to date with all of the different uh roots or the colors of the rainbow you know before it was quite arguably a little bit easier because there were really deep lines that you could go after but how do you stay relevant in such a changing world that's at speed I mean, I think the prime example for that really is um, I recently wrote a BBC Three um, short film. Uh, BBC Three is aimed at the 16 plus age group. Um, I'm far removed from that age group <laughs> by several decades. Um, but I wholeheartedly embrace that journey to learn from um, how they the, the 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 team of the BBC wanted this piece to be written what sort of language that I might potentially use it made me think about those things things that I don't normally think about when I'm writing a Bollywood show because that is so deeply ingrained into me yeah. so here I was putting myself in a really uncomfortable situation writing in a rhythm and a meter that is alien to me writing in vocabulary that I really struggle with um but the the joy of working in the industry that I do is that there's always new young people that we are bringing into the sector and we're going out to listen to these people um, and hear their perspectives and their stories and that really is pretty enriching because I can uh, I, I wouldn't say appropriate uh, but I can apply um, those moments in their life with my own experiences then as a child, as a young person, when I was 16, I can think back and look back in that time period and think, actually, yes, I felt all of those things. I've just forgotten about them. Mm -hmm. And and having those conversations with people of all genders and all ages um, is really vital to who we are. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I love, for example, having conversations with your mom. Um, she is an incredible force, so learned, um, and has such a wide perspective on, 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 on 
life and 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 stories and having that conversation with her um is just incredible because you i learn i come out from it learning so much more yeah. uh, and it's that sharing and that gifting of knowledge that we it gets passed down generation by generation through your networks that you build and um and it's actually things that you do yourself you know when you, you're creating communities and you're sharing the stories of those communities with a community for whom this concept is alien yeah. um and that's really powerful you know once upon a time everyone used to think science technology engineering maths and then all of a sudden the new term is science technology um engineering arts. engineering <laughs> art and maths yeah. but i think that we need to change stem from stem to steam to something else and include the word charity into it so add a c in there and i haven't worked out what the anagram is yet <laughs> because this concept actually only came about yesterday in my head when i was thinking about today yeah. um that actually those five things those five pillars are really important but actually when you put them all together yeah. it's a charity that uh the, you know it's a combination of all of these things that's a charitable gift to people yeah yeah it's it's service to others is arguably in in places like hinduism is the singular thing you should be focusing on and should do but what what i liked about your answer earlier is about you immerse yourself in the space and then you find common ground i think so many people are struggling to even get into the space in a mindset way it's too complicated i'm you know i'm on a dni committee at work and a lot of the conversation is, I don't know the language, I don't want to offend somebody. So they don't even get to that first bit to immerse themselves to find common ground. So yeah, I find it really interesting. Um, you you talked about young people, and it's, it's a big area that I wanted to touch on with you. Having having been friends with you for lots of years now, uh, let's not count because I don't know how many it's been. Um, I You don't have the wrinkles that I do. <laughs> <laughs> Zoom's hiding them well for us. Um, you The singular thing, if you ask anybody, about who is Sam and it's that he backs, nurtures, supports young talent. And what that um, actually means to me is it's not even young talent. It's not, these, these aren't people that are, from my perspective, having seen your journey that are, you know, have done performing arts at some school and then you're, you're giving them connections and roots. These are people who just have a dream sometimes, or they just have um, a little bit of a passion and, but they're, the surroundings, their environment. You know, I take Bav, for example, for her to be uh, a dancer and a performer, she had to fight against so many of the societal norms that her parents and uncles and aunts were saying, you know, you should do this instead of that. So I know that you back and support people from a very early seed almost of, of their dream or their hope. And I've seen them go on to be award-winning actors and writers and singers Tell me where that comes from. That's this deep-rooted value in you to support and open up people's dreams. Firstly, I'd say I'd like to believe that I nurture all people as opposed to young people, because yes. <laughs> um, the age at which you discover creativity, uh, and we live in such an ageist world, I think is a really problematic thing. Yeah. Um, and given that most South Asians, uh, with the conditioning that we have, through generations, you must be a doctor, accountant, lawyer, uh, that the arts has no space for creativity uh, within that, within the space that you're, you're, you're conditioned to be 
in terms of individual journeys of people, I think they've made their own mark. Um, I, I'd like to believe that I am an avenue towards them wanting to become bigger and better or different or they have their journeys that they go on. And if I'm able to enable someone to do that, um, well, that's great for me. At that moment of time, I'm thinking, I have to cast this, I need this particular role. I need someone to play it. This is this person seems to be the most perfect match. Um, and, and I enable them to do that, to go on that journey. Um, but the reality of why I do this um, actually goes to, um, uh, to communities. Um, when we did a production called Stardust, uh, which was in 2019, pre-pandemic, um, at the end of the Q&A, we had a 10-year-old um, boy come with his family and his parents tell us, thank you so much for making this show because had you not done this, we would not be able to connect with our child who has this identity, for example, um, he, who has just come out with us, to come out to us about it. Um, and what your production has done is show that you can have this identity, you can have this belief and still retain your Asian values. Yeah. And, and, and I kid you not, I actually had a tear in my eye at that moment because at that moment of time, I'm thinking I'm going to get a 10,000 pound loss making this production. Yeah. Um, uh, and that moment just wiped away that pain. It was like, yeah, I'm going to have to get a job to pay this off. But I actually bought this. This That moment is worth more than that £10,000 I lost because I bought this for someone's life. Yeah. Uh, and and I think each person has that, you know. Um, I guess for you it would have been, um, I'd like to think that, elements of bringing people together to work on something is that they come together and they, they stay together in life afterwards. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think I have, I have, I now have three successful. Yeah. Yeah, you do. I think uh, we were the first. I, uh, so for context, uh, I met Bav, uh, my wife in um, a physical production back in 2004, I want to say uh, she was the leading lady and I was a backhand support with Sam um running the show and then yeah over time we we stayed together and um I think we had the first physical child as well, <laughs> as well so, um physically you had the child yeah, exactly so yeah no I, you, you're bringing people together as well um but I think essentially you you create platforms or environments where people can take the opportunity and thrive and in a in a similar way that's what we're doing with rainbow boosters by putting access and opportunity we're opening people's minds and what they then do with it is up to them you have to take that step through those doors that are put there for you as well so yeah i you know you've definitely enabled so many um talented people to to realize their dream and it's i, I know all of those that will be listening will We'll definitely be like yeah that's me as well in your own journey you know you're you're very experienced now you're looked upon as award-winning and experienced to deliver lots of projects who who opened up those environments for you who were the people that gave you the little boost that transformed your career i'd say the first thing would be my parents <laughs> because they kept saying no you cannot go to ballet school <laughs> no you cannot go to your drama class <laughs> uh, and and i think that fight <laughs> Yeah. To, to want to do it um 
came because of those conversations. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that, there, I mean, there is a wealth of people who I'm very great, grateful to and absolutely indebted to. Uh, I couldn't create opportunities for you if people weren't creating opportunities for me. Yeah. Uh, if, if people aren't enabling me, then how can I enable the next generation? That's the way I've always seen it as a cycle. Um, uh, key gratitude, obviously, Miss Betty Willoughby, um, Donna Keller, my drama teacher at school. Um, but then as I grew up, uh, people have walked in and out of my life uh, who have switched different elements in. Uh, you know, beat relationships with people and and take a struggling young man who has this vision and people want to help enable them. Uh, I mean, I think your dad, for example, is, is, is a key person who I'm always forever indebted to uh, because we couldn't have made that first show without his stamp of, of you know, him saying, yes, we'll support you. Uh, we'll partner with you. Um, Dr. Prashminda Chaudhary, uh, from the time when um, I said, we want to perform at BAFTA, to I discovered uh, a lady who helped change the way I think about the world, uh, made me question things, made me see things in a different way, uh, you know, and, and it, you know, I, I'm now a lot more aware about the gaze that I look at with things. You know, I have a male gaze and then I have a female gaze. And uh, that's only developed because of uh, people like Dr. Jodhry who um, have shared um, generously experiences and conditioning that women have. That's made me go observe it. When I watch it now in cinema, I'm like, that's bad conditioning. Right. And we're not, we don't recognize it because it's so accepted in our DNA. Um, and I think that becoming aware of those things, uh, I, I think they are. Uh, I think my partner, uh, I owe incredible, incredible gratitude to. Uh, my partner knows who they are. They don't, I'm, I'm pretty sure they don't want to be named. <laughs> I'm really glad you mentioned because I would get a complaint letter if you hadn't even referenced it. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that uh, having a partner who will question uh, and uh, reflect on the work and question post the work, you know, key key things are your job description said this, you cast this. No wonder your show was not very good. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, when 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 you have someone who's who's able to uh, honestly just tell you the things that no one else does, uh, I am very grateful to that because I, I need that blunt. Um, otherwise, I I don't think I pick those signs up, and that that's the that's the problem that I have in my own psyche. I I need people uh, like my partner, um, the board at Physical, for example. Um, who question things and who will unpick the psychology and unpick the decisions uh, and create what were the lessons learned from this um, to be able to continue to grow. Uh, because, you know, none of us were born uh, with the knowledge to do everything. I mean, yes, now you have YouTube, Google, chat, GPT, um, who 
give you this information, but it do, does it get absorbed into you until you've had the life skill to experience it? Mm. It's like that, you know, that story about there's no point in telling a child not to touch their um, the fire um, because they will want to, um, and they'll stop doing it the minute they actually touch it and realize this is dangerous. Yeah, you know, um, and and then they learn. Um, and and that's obviously very, very I'm not saying go take your child to your fine now, just so you know. <laughs> um, but um, it's those things. And I think then there's also a young man who uh, I'm completely, uh, I learned so much from him. Uh, and that is um, my nephew, Romeo, uh, because I see the world from his lens and I see his innocence and his wit develop. Um, and from the moment you realize Santa isn't real from his lens um, to the, the, the moment when he's being witty about it and, and actually continuing that tradition in his way, um, I, I learned so much from it. And, and you know, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm hugely in debt to uh, a range of these people. I, I probably haven't named everyone, you know. There have been, I guess, that emotional support when needed the most, um, came, uh, I think, from uh, Jazz, Shani, and Bav at a time that was incredibly difficult. And and in that moment, I think they became family in my head. I, I don't think I could take that moment of, oh, I'm sorry, Hitesh. Can't forget Hitesh. Mm-hmm. I'll be in the bad books. <laughs> well, I, I know that um, I asked you that question, and it's probably unfair again, because I know your list is long, but your community is tight. and. Um, I know that they see you as family as as I do. So, so I want to just tap in, tap into uh, some of the stuff we're doing around rainbow boosters and education and technology. How has education specifically, because you talked about your, your different journeys that you had to take when you moved, your education access to things like technology played a role in personal or professional success that you've had? I think that if my, you know, I don't come from a particularly well-to-do family. Um, but had my dad not bought me a um, Atari console when I was, I don't know, 10, 11 years old, um, and we just wanted to play computer games at that time, and um, you put the cassette in and it loads the game, um, you wait for an hour <laughs> for it to load. Um, had he not bought that, I wouldn't have learned computing. Right. Because the, the Atari console, you could create programs uh, through code. And I, I picked up code at that age. Um, and if I did not have access to that, I think a lot of the areas where I've been, I'm proud of creativity. Actually, actually, it's come from that sense of technology driving it. Yeah. Um, you know, my final year project at university was a touchscreen telephone. Right. This was 27 years ago. Yeah. Um, and and that's the power of education. I think, you know, as a South Asian, our parents who have constantly always believed you ha- need to have a good grounding in education, um, whether that is the academia, but also education of life. Yeah. Um, if you, so that you have the tools you're equipped with the tools to live your life once they are no more. Yeah. Um, had I not had that, um, 
I think my life would be very different. Uh, and I think I'm very grateful to my parents for their sacrifices that they've made to enable me to be here. And I think whilst I don't have children, I try and do it for uh, others' children. Yeah. You spent a lot of time in India, uh, whether it's sourcing costumes or not sourcing them, building them yourself, making them, uh, seeing shows. And you, you've traveled a lot, quite a, quite a lot around India. Um, so you've seen the divide that happens, you know, whether it's the poverty divide or the digital divide. Why do you think something like Rainbow Boosters is is really important um, for people to get behind? Because, you know, you could argue that it's just something that's done for someone somewhere else. Um, but what, why do you believe that it's people should be supporting projects and campaigns like this for places like India? Because the divide in humankind is getting wider and wider and wider. You know, the rich are getting significantly richer. The the middle class are getting to being the upper elite class now. Uh, the working class are the new work the the are the new middle class, but in India, the scale there is a backward scale as well. Right. And if we're not able to enable one of the most creative countries that has incredible conviction to fight, to yeah. want to strive to be better. Um, then we're going to miss out on a whole lot of creativity, uh, potential, you know, next uh, the next generation of innovators come from those, from 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 South Asia, um, because they've lived those conditions, um, they've lived, they 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 tackle the real issues because we in the UK, you know, even our farming now is done in such a way that it's not really farming. I I, I think. Um, you know, when I go, when I think about India, I'm actually seeing still people with um, the animals uh, hoeing the, 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 the land, uh, tilling the land. Um, and that, that element of technology still hasn't there, isn't there. So there's still, you have to still blood, sweat and tears over there. Um, and the other part is language. Um, in a country like India, where the working class upwards only now start to speak English and want to speak English or a foreign language, then the below working class communities only speak their mother tongues or the nation tongues. And then we are not growing together as a, you know, there is no, how are you, how are we communicating? Yeah. And, and actually how are we then treating people? we're not treating people with the respect and dignity that they deserve. And I think all of those these things are the reason why something like what you're trying to do, uh, the idea of enabling a generation they don't have access to education, access to skills, access to opportunity, um, we will miss out on what they potentially have to offer. So finally, on this series, we always try and close out with one positive positive message or quote that's inspired you through your life and continues to motivate you. Have you got something that you can share with us? If you don't succeed once, try, try, try again. I think that was one of the first quotes that I ever remember hearing. And um, I think that's something I, I do wholeheartedly believe in because I rarely take no for an answer. Um, and sometimes I might go, okay, this no means this isn't meant to be for me. 
um, and I accept that. But then there are some of those things where actually this no is something that I need to learn from in order to turn it into a yes. And how can I do that? Um, and that's a craft of making, you know, also, you know, when you're making a script or a show, you, you're striving to make a good piece of work, a good piece of art, a good piece of experience. And if you don't get it right the first time, you need to go back for yourself to go and rework it and rewrite it and, and, and then go, yeah, okay, you know what, I'm happy with this. And I mean, the BBC experience recently, I, I can't, I have rewritten words um, I mean, I do this even in rehearsal for a normal show as well. I'm re rewriting words in 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 the rehearsal, um, but in that in that particular moment, I rewrote so much before the first rehearsal. Right. Um, that, that that I think that's definitely a mantra. If you don't succeed once, try, try, try again. Thank you, Sam, so much for taking the time out. I a little bit selfishly just wanted to speak to you because I I, I always love speaking to you. Um, and I know that you've got a load on, so thanks for squeezing this in. Um, this series is linked to the Rainbow Boosters Project, which is supporting underprivileged children by connecting them to a community in the internet to ensure that they don't get left behind in the digital world. Check out more at rainbowboosters.com and all the links will be down below. So the next episode with you will be with you in a few days, but I just want to say thanks, Sam, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you so much for having me and the generosity of your time. Uh, keep doing what you're doing because you yourself are a bit of inspiration. Thanks, Sam. Bye.